Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for June 18th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is indeed our one of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Now, as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Quick recap of yesterday's, uh, I should say Friday's show. Happy Father's Day to all of you, ladies and gentlemen. It is an absolute delightful Father's Day weekend. Uh, we talked about Father's Day second hour. I'll get into that in just a second. But we, uh, first hour, had an interesting uh, a couple of guests. A guy by the name of Bruce Bodlock. And another guy by the name of Greg Hanna, they're both IT professionals, and they created a, th- a new software, I should say an app for your phone, tied to new software, and it's called tipnow.com. And tipnow is an anonymous reporting service that provides communities with a way to communicate concerns about individuals with the potential to commit violent acts in schools, government facilities, and the general public at large. They call it an anonymous tip system. See report prevent tipnow.com. Now, um, I literally, when they emailed me this and said, Sam, you got to get on this thing. This thing's great. It'll save lives. I said I couldn't support it uh, because I don't believe in the see something, say something idea of government. I don't believe in putting technology in the hands of government. This puts it in schools, uh, you know, governments, uh, municipalities, cities, counties, whatever, states. Uh, and the idea is that if you see something, say something, report it. You can turn on video. It's like 9-11 private sector on turbo. Let me say that again. It's like 9-11 private sector on turbo. And I'm completely against it for that reason. And I highlighted that to these gentlemen. They didn't melt down. They didn't freak out. We had a great, in my opinion, discussion. And they responded and said, Sam, we totally agree with you. We understand that side. However, look, this technology is going to be advancing. There's no way to prevent the the continued surveillance in our society, the continued ratcheting up of the violation of our privacy. So we can either let the government do 9-11 and move that into the modern century and have government 100% in control of it, or we can have private sector organizations ran by Christians who might respect your rights more. So sadly, it isn't a matter of will this technology come to the table. The only question is who will be in control of it? And you know what? I think they've got a valid point. Now, that doesn't mean that I really back the system. Sometimes I don't know what the answers are when we continue to violate God-given rights and privacy. Uh, Nevertheless, they're right about that. You know what? We live in the real. We teach to the ideal, but we live in the real. That's an important point to make as well. The ideal says, hey, we shouldn't even have all this spy technology going on. Boy, howdy do I concur. But you know what? That's the ideal. We shouldn't have it, and we should be respecting rights. And But the ideal is sometimes elusive. The real is that they're continuing to march surveillance technologies uh, against us, high-tech, everywhere. Um, might the Christians 
stand in the gap and make a difference and preserve rights and create a balance, that's a serious possibility. And one of the things we claim in the new media and the social media, and I've claimed this for years, look, when will the right people get involved? The reason when Facebook and Twitter and, um, you know, Instagram and whatever, TikTok, all, all these things shut you down. Why do we complain? Why haven't we created our own systems? Well, there's a lot of people doing that just now, and you got to give them credit. Donald Trump with True Social, Lindell and T- Lindell TV, and and the efforts there. Great work by these people, right? Well, anyway, um, again, I still think that the small guy should create his own. People are doing that too, and I commend them. But their point is, hey, you know what? Why don't we get involved in this in, in a meaningful way? And so I have to agree. I'd rather have Christians running a service like this that people can choose to be involved in voluntarily. Uh, even though it is tied into government in many ways. I'd rather have that, though, than just government-controlled and or the liberals building the system. So very interesting discussion and debate. It was respectful. It was informative. Uh, Anyway, listen to it if you want to learn more about that technology. We also talked about their starting schools called Studia Nova Schools. They also call them New A's Schools, and they're doing this in Northern California. It's nice to see, again, Christians in the private sector getting involved in education. This, again, is something that I believe that uh, a lot of the problems in our society is we've just simply vacated unsavory places as Christians. And now it's time to get involved in the culture war in a very meaningful way. Well, that first hour dovetailed nicely with the second hour uh, with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. And we talked about Liberty Roundtable Live. We'd like to wish all of you a happy Father's Day 2022. And then we doubled down and talked in detail about fathers. Dads, how important are they? New research highlights the value of fathers. And I've highlighted that it's great new research highlights this, but every single study uh, that really is honest and open doubles down in defense of fathers and mothers in the home and the value thereof and um, how valuable the traditional family is and how the parents knowing where their children are and what they're doing is the great anti-drug, is the great safety net for children and so on and so on. Even the liberals have created commercials to this reality. Anyway, we talked about the fact that sex reassignment drugs increase suicide risk. New studies confirm, you know, this culture war, teaching children that God's in charge and that he created male and female absolutely flies in the face of this idea of this gender reassignment and gender surgery and gender whatever you want to say manipulation via drugs that then increase suicidal tendencies and everything else right the daily wire for example featured a post highlighting this highlighting love wins all right so they had an article called love wins now the daily wire in in my opinion doing a good job highlighting this but this love wins article then talked about a cosmo article that pushes incest i'm telling you you can't make this stuff up this is what it's like to fall in love with your brother i'm just telling you so the daily wire highlighting how evil this is in the culture war good for the daily wire but cosmos and some of these other groups i mean they're pushing this next narrative to the transgender which is incest you know what your mom fell in love with her son or dad fell in love with his daughter or brother and sister fell in love with each other and They're trying to literally attack the morals of our society in every way possible. And if you're not careful, what they'll do is they'll just point to your Bible and say, well, see, Adam and Eve uh, had children, and those children were involved with each other there. And 
So that's what they'll do. They'll just turn it all against us and try to jettison everything of morality. You're not going to solve this by just logical debates, folks. Understanding God's laws oftentimes takes faith. What will we do, though, is the serious question, ladies and gentlemen. What will we do when those who practice incest start self-identifying as such and demanding their so-called rights? Yeah, rights means the right to get married. Complete tolerance and acceptance by society for their relationships. That's right. They want their uh, ancestral relationships to be viewed as completely normal. Uh, we talked about Gavin Newsom's ex-wife, Kimberly Galfoyle, or Gilfoyle, and she was paid $60,000 to introduce Donald Trump Jr. on January the 6th. She literally got up there for two and a half to three minutes, introduced Don Jr., with regards to this election fraud thing. Well, it turns out that families and individuals were paying pennies in to try to help fight the election fraud scam and to try to get the word out on election fraud and try to move the needle for Congress to look at it, etc. In other words, stop the steal. And then we find out Kimberly Guilfoyle, Gavin Newsom's ex-wife, first kind of the concubine, the girlfriend of Donald Trump Jr., then Donald divorces his wife and hangs out with Kimberly, the girlfriend, and now Kimberly's the fiance. And they worked it out to where she got up there for two and a half to three minutes and got $60,000 for the introduction. Well, this again, ladies and gentlemen, is why we've been telling you since Trump came down the escalator, he's not our guy. Now, I know he's done a lot of good, and I'll give credit where credit's due. He's done a lot of good. But when you see this kind of stuff where families are putting hard-earned dollars into funding and, and, and so Donald Trump thinking Donald Trump's going to get to the bottom of the election fraud kind of thing. And then we find out that he, that that's how he uses the money. $60,000 for a liberal. I don't know what you call this girl. I don't want to be too mean. Uh, but then she's the rock star of the conservatives now to have the truth come out. And you're going to give her that kind of money. Wow. If you gave me that kind of money, ladies and gentlemen, I could run Liberty news radio for, Several months on $60,000, right? Uh, you look at the Constitutional Sheriff's Group, and we could run one of our events for $60,000, one of our incredible training events. But she got paid $60,000. And then what is she, the fiance of Donald Trump Jr.? So uh, the second she gets married, unless they have a serious prenup, she'll have plenty of money, right? Very interesting indeed. Sad, if you want my opinion. Because it's just starting to be, you know what, anybody on the general level, anybody who's made it large in politics, you can't trust a single one of them. Right? It's a sad tale to tell. All right, when we come back straight to Chris Carlson, you are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. I am Sam Bushman. And you know what, a week from yesterday, by the way, so Friday the 24th, I'll be in far west Utah at Liberty Hall with Tom Jones, the incredible runner running 76 marathons in 76 days. He'll be on the radio next hour with us as well. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable live. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. 
Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Calling all patriots, come meet a modern-day hero, Tom Jones, on day 68 of his 76 marathons in 76 days on behalf of the American Village West. We'll be at the Liberty Hall in Far West, Utah, on Friday evening, June 24th at 5 p.m. There will be free food and drinks. Who is Tom Jones? Loving Liberty's Sam Bushman interviewed him on day one in Alabama just moments before he began his first marathon. Get to know Tom at unitedwepledge.org. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. And Chris Carlson, well-known hard-hitting American, joins me now. Welcome, sir. Yes, sir. Without God, we cannot win. Sam, with God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson, reporting for duty, sir. Wind and solar energy is our energy future and always will be not welcome to the broadcast ladies and gentlemen <laughs> let's start there do you, chris do you understand do you understand the wordplay sam i just want to know make sure because there's it will be in it will always be in our future but never in our present Get that is it? correct yeah it's all it's our future buddy <laughs> it's like tomorrow never comes yeah. you know what i mean there. bingo you got it yeah 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 so, now, uh, and Joel Skousen breaks it down pretty well. Again. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, Joel Skousen, World Affairs Brief. This is not uh, yesterday's World Affairs Brief. It comes out every Friday, as you probably know, as your listeners hopefully know by now. But this is uh, the previous week's World Affairs Brief, June 10th, 2022. And he calls it Biden's War on Cheap Energy. And it, it turns out that the Biden administration is trying to promote everything but um, – economically viable sources of energy in our country because he does not want to increase the production of uh, fossil fuels and natural gas and things that have proven in a free economy to be viable and uh, economically uh, sustainable sources of fuel like gasoline and uh, natural gas and uh, kerosene, which is jet fuel, et cetera, et cetera. So he's promoting, and I'll read from Zero Hedge, which he quotes from. He says, on Monday, 
Biden invoked the Defense Production Act. And let's stop just for a second. What is the Defense Production Act? Are you familiar with that, Sam? Should I give you just a brief description of what yes, that please. is? I'm, I'm familiar with it, but an explanation is always helpful, right? Yeah, so it's an unconstitutional provision that gives uh, the executive department of our government uh, power uh, to make uh, executive decisions in behalf of the people uh, to guarantee that we are uh, defended against enemies foreign and domestic. And apparently, of course, this is completely and totally unconstitutional. Nothing in the Constitution that provides for the federal government at any level to be involved with energy. But nonetheless, just like everything else that they've uh, superimposed themselves into, they have subsumed that authority unconstitutionally and immorally. So anyway, they think that they can take it upon themselves to dictate uh, the terms under which we may use energy in this country. So anyway, they, they, they're promoting, according to the Zero Hedge article, Sam, they're promoting everything but sustainable sources of energy. They're promoting solar. They're promoting uh, hydrogen fuel cells. And a, and a whole host of other things that I'm not even familiar with. Insulate, well, insulation, we understand that. Um, heat pumps, they talk about. Uh, platinum group metals. And I'm not even, Joel Skousen doesn't even get into those. So we'll just kind of gloss over that. But basically, uh, all of these sources of energy have a lot of inherent problems. And Joel Skousen breaks down uh, some of those issues. For example, fuel cell technology. And I don't know if you've gone into that in the past. Uh, hydrogen fuel cell technology has a whole host of issues uh, that renders it unsustainable as a viable alternative to petroleum-based fuel sources. It's very corrosive. Uh, it has very small molecules, uh, which causes leakage issues in pipelines. It is highly reactive and highly explosive, which uh, obviously causes uh, uh, safety issues. Uh, it, its byproducts uh, combine with nitrogen oxide in the atmosphere to, cr to create uh, acid rain. Um, a whole host of other problems. We could, I don't know if you want to go through all of them, but basically they're promoting these alternative fuel sources and paying for them with, of course, our tax dollars, Sam. And uh, they're just trying to shove them down our throats. And, of course, Joel Skousen... I want to talk about all these different options for new energy. Um, new energy is this idea that we can somehow be uh, dependent on the, on the Earth's resources uh, and that everything we do must be clean. Now, the first thing that you've got to understand is that's a lie from the very, very start. This idea that you can have clean energy. Let me take the wind to make the point. Number one, the wind's very, very, very finicky and unreliable. So you can't depend on it mm -hmm. for a solid source of consistent energy. So write down the word consistency, ladies and gentlemen. Wind lacks consistency. The second problem with wind is these turbines that they create are very, very expensive to build and to maintain. Remember, they spin. There's moving parts. Whenever something has moving parts, uh, failure is possible, right? So not only do you have the wind being yeah. very finicky, but now you have these turbines. That the one they cost a lot of money to create, uh, to uh, set up. You know, they're huge wind turbines out in the middle of the ocean or whatever they are. You know, way out there or whatever, um, or up on big hills or these huge wind farms. But they're also horrible to the environment in the sense that they, um, you know, 
cause harm to birds and, and other animals and such like that. And, and so you put this all together and you say it's a very inexpensive, or, I'm sorry, very expensive, inefficient, let me say that again, a very expensive, inefficient, unreliable solution. But yet they push it as if it's the panacea, but the efficiency quotient is um, problematic to say the least. Let's just start there and then walk each one through the reliability reality, the efficiency reality, and the cost reality, and then the consistency reality. And when you put all that together, Chris, you say wind, solar, hydro, you know, all, all these, uh, all these uh, trouble, right? For example, hey, waterways. Yeah, they have issues. Waterways They're... are a great way. The problem is it's limited in scope of when you can get enough water to move the needle consistently as well. There's very limited places that can happen. So you put all this together, and yeah. these new energy ideas sound great, but but walk us through each one about their efficiencies and such, will you? Yeah, so he talks about uh, energy density, and he talks about the um, hydrogen cell technology. And to give you a comparison between that and, for example, jet fuel or diesel, uh, the energy density, so per liter uh how much of a punch that it packs per liter is uh, is markedly different. So gaseous hydrogen or liquid hydrogen is between 10,000 megajoules per liter to 13,000 megajoules per liter. Now compare that to 36.5 thousand megajoules per liter with jet fuel or diesel. And he doesn't have a breakdown for gasoline that we use in our cars, but that's a, a threefold increase uh, in comparison with gaseous or liquid hydrogen. So these fuel cell technology uh, solutions are, are weak, weak, one-third alternatives to what we already have. So like I say, they will always be in the future unless we can uh, manage to uh, extract more uh, punch per liter out of these. We'll, we'll never get them out off the ground as a viable alternative to what we already have. And what we already have, Sam, you talked about this, is actually a miracle fuel. If you think about gasoline um, that we create from uh, crude oil from the ground, it is actually one of the cleanest technology. In fact, it is environmentally super friendly because what it, the byproducts that it creates, and we have the technology today to where the, the, the byproducts of gasoline consumption in our cars actually creates an envi environmental uh, bounty for the rest of the environment, which is the world of plants. They use carbon dioxide, and the byproducts of um, petroleum-based fuels are basically water and carbon dioxide both of which are a boon to the economy and to, to the environment, I should say. And, you know, of course, we've labeled carbon dioxide as the number one enemy to the existence of man, that and white supremacists, of course. And the fuels that we have today are actually ideal for our needs. You know, and you couple that with the notion, we've talked about this in the fact in the past, that they are actually renewable. You know, we talked about the abiotic theory of oil and that certain oil wells have been used for uh, decades and they have not been depleted over that period of time, which lends itself to this notion, and I believe it's a fact, that um, carbon-based fuels are actually renewable. And to back that up, we've often quoted this scripture uh, about the abundance of resources that God has given us from the earth. 
For the earth is full, and there is enough, and to spare, yea, I prepare all things, and have given unto the children of men to be agents unto themselves. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson on your radio. We're talking about energy. The United States is not infrastructure self-reliant. What makes us most vulnerable to an EMP attack is that all our long-distance transformers and everything else are sourced in China and would have no ability to recover. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable live. Pursuing Liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. A man with an edge weapon attacked passengers inside a San Francisco International Airport terminal, leaving three with cuts and scrapes. The travelers were in the pre-check area when they were attacked. Police officers arrived and arrested a man whose name wasn't immediately released. It is not clear what the motive for the attack was. CBS has confirmed seven people said to be affiliated with Late Show with Stephen Colbert were reportedly arrested for illegally entering the Longworth House office building on Capitol grounds. The group was charged with unlawful entry, but the police said the ongoing investigation could bring more charges against the group. This is USA Radio News. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-9336. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. The cryptocurrency markets are already in a meltdown. Now, New York is on the verge of becoming the first state in the nation to partially ban some energy incentive Bitcoin mining operations. Five former Boeing Green State University fraternity members convicted in the hazing death of a 20-year-old were sentenced in Ohio with three receiving jail time. The sophomore who was rushing Pi Kappa Alpha fraternity was found unconscious after drinking an entire bottle of alcohol during an initiation event. He died three days after being put on life support. To me, you, you just, you killed him. You left him there to die. The victim's parents asked the judge to sentence the men to the maximum allowed under Ohio law. This is USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson on your radio. We're breaking down an incredible column on uh, Joel Skousen's World Affairs Brief. He sends it out every Friday, worldaffairsbrief.com. Wind and solar G- or, wow, wind and solar energy is our future and always will be. The play on words, it's always in the future. It's never here now. That's why I say not. But Biden's war on cheap energy. Let me say that again. Biden's war on cheap energy is the name or the title of the column on worldaffairsbrief.com that highlights this reality. And look, Biden invoked the Defense Production Act, ladies and gentlemen. That targets the country's solar production capacity and fuel cell production capacity, among other forms of, quote, green energy. So it sounds great, right? The problem is the United States, ladies and gentlemen, is in serious trouble. Why? Because we're not infrastructure self-reliant at all. What makes us most vulnerable to a nuclear EMP strike is that all our long-distance transformer capabilities are manufactured in China and would have no ability to recover because we don't stockpile in any quantity in the U.S. That's a serious issue, folks. Okay, electric is not the answer. Hydrogen, hydrogen is not the answer. Why are refineries in America shutting down when we don't have a replacement for them? Uh, I guess your, uh, who was it? Your uncle or somebody gave you kind of an advice on on a job there, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it's just simple advice. Don't quit your current job until you've secured another job. Then you might be unemployed for two or three weeks looking for another job. You know, don't shut down our current viable sources of energy that we're using today until we found a viable alternative. And I'm not saying that solar eventually, if we develop the technology necessary for it, can become a viable source of energy or wind or uh, fuel cell technology. I'm not saying I'm that, saying it, that can it can be. I am. I am. Well, it, okay. Because unless and, you can and, couple well, it, hold on, unless you can couple it with reliable, okay. consistent delivery, it's not going to work. The sun's not there for how many hours a night or when yeah. it's cloudy. The wind's not there when the wind ain't blowing, people. So where's that reliability and consistency going to come from? Now, if you say we can make some progress in, in coupling that with inverters and batteries, and okay, but now you're getting a very complicated, expensive system when you add all those things to the mix, okay? So look, I believe the, the battle that they had back in the 1800s when electricity kind of first came on the scene is the real battle we're having now. Uh, are you familiar with basically the AC-DC battle, Chris? Yeah, I'm very. I've, I've heard uh, people talk about it. Yes. So the battle mm-hmm. has to do with hey, one can can be produced on the spot, very low energy. What's that? DC? Yeah, there. Uh, but it can't go very far. Yeah. It can't traverse the distance. And then you got AC, which can traverse the distance if you set up the right you know scenario. And when the battle happened, we should have went with DC, but we went with AC. And what we did is we basically created electricity. We created it uh, very inexpensively, supplemented by your government, like all these energy things have done. Uh, And then we've basically transmitted it long distances to deliver. Thus, we've created this energy grid. And uh, in my opinion, if we ever want energy independence, the first thing we need to do is go the DC discussion route, which says we're not going to pedal at long distances. We're not going to have a central control that government provides. That's the first thing we've got to solve. Then the second thing we've got to solve is, well, how can we then, if we don't, pedal our energy long distance how do we then produce it locally 
How do we do it in a way that is um, usable uh, anywhere? And that becomes the big battle. And now even coal-fired power plants will not work. Gas won't work. Anything that you have to get, quote, portably to the location. Because you've either got to distribute the electricity or the fuel to fund it or the fuel to, to, to create it, right? Whatever. That's the battle. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. That's why this can't be solved in the current scenario. Now, Joel Skousen goes into, hey, that Joe Biden uh, isn't doing anything really for this. In fact, they're taking... Uh, power plants offline. They're quitting their jobs before they have another one, so to speak. So we're going to have turmoil in this regard. And he highlights this very well. But the question comes up then, why is Joe Biden doing this? Maybe he's not listening to his own energy department. Maybe he doesn't understand. No, he understands perfectly. Their goal is to create a crisis. When you understand that's their goal, every building block of reality comes into place, Chris. Oh, there's no question in my mind that they're trying to create a crisis. They don't want they they are anti-energy. I mean, these false alternatives are designed to do exactly what you just described. And you know, I'm not ignorant of that fact, but they want to create the the plausibility so that they have plausible deniability when this whole thing comes crashing down, which it will if they continue on the same course that they do. I understand that. And I I talked about you know how this is uh, basically an attack on our Christian society. And I'll I'll tell you what I, I think about it, because prosperity allows us to advance the cause of Christianity, and because Christianity is the main threat to Satan's agenda of socialistic slavery, any advancements in technology are a threat to his kingdom. That means Satan's kingdom. If you consider how rapidly the message of Jesus Christ's atonement has traveled throughout the world, Sam, through transportation and broadcast technology, is it any wonder that he and his minions want to shut down these means of blessing to the world. And and that's the crux of it, just like you hit right on it. They want an energy crisis. They don't want to solve anything. They wanted to, to jettison uh, the, these fuel sources that we've been accustomed to and are, are energy dense, you know, over the last 100 and however many years the gas combustion engine has been around and, and uh, jet engines have been around. And they know that. And that's why they're jettisoning them, so that we have this this issue, because there's there's so many uh, on so many levels these fuels are sustainable, they are energy dense, um, they they're proven, and they're economically feasible. So why would they get rid of them? The only reason they're trying to get rid of them, their main uh, lie that they're using to jettison these is that carbon dioxide is now a poisonous gas in the environment, which is so easily provable that it's false. I mean, without carbon dioxide, we wouldn't have plant life on this earth. And it, it's not toxic to human beings. It, it creates a symbiotic relationship. And you know this, plants and trees and shrubs, et cetera, produce oxygen, which we need, which benefit human and animal kind. And then we turn around and produce carbon dioxide, you know, through our activities that benefit the plant world. And it's a mutually beneficial symbiotic relationship that is just perfect and in harmony with not only uh, the principles that, that we enjoy here on Earth, but God's principles. I mean, this is this is a, a match made in heaven, if you want, Sam. So, yeah, that you're right. You, you went right to the crux of the problem. And I appreciate that. It, this is an attack on our Christian based society. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. All I'm telling you is this is something that 
we really need to understand. We're quitting our job before we have another one. We're dismantling our energy sources before we have other solid solutions in place. It is absolutely psychotic and insane. They claim that the crisis of global change uh, is the problem. But look, they, they had the global warming lie. They had to abandon it because there was no warming. Then they changed it to climate change. Well, there's no doubt that climate change is everywhere on the globe all the time, every day. Okay, so we know all that, ladies and gentlemen, but they're using this as a political wedge. Okay, we have renewable energy sources, folks. Uh, and they're even coming from the Department of Energy. That's why we say that Biden's ignoring his own energy department. But, folks, the only problem is that these options would facilitate liberty, freedom, prosperity. Society could prosper. We would have the growth and sustainability yep. of civilization. We wouldn't have a crisis. But, see, that won't. That won't fill their their need, folks. That won't solve the problem because you and I don't agree what the problem is. You and I think the problem is how do we get energy? Their problem is how do they maintain control over society? How do they manipulate society into their agenda? All right? Look, drilling on these lands to create energy has been halted by Biden's illegal executive order. Biden unilaterally literally just shut everything down at first glance you might think the white house has a point chris yeah if you're not if you don't dig a little deeper into the issues like we do and joel scowls and of course yeah people are being fooled people there are people that i meet on a daily basis sam who believe that we have an energy crisis they don't understand that they're being manipulated by the media and and i know because you know i've i've read the articles that say that we have enough coal we have enough uh, crude oil on the ground to sustain us for the, the next 400 years. And well, these we are know people that because in back the in the 70s, they claimed that we didn't have energy. You had to get gas on odd or even days. They said there wasn't enough oil to produce enough gas. Therefore, you got to have gas on yeah. odd or even days. Literally after the energy department was created, again, the Hegelian dialectic in effect, you always have to have government solve your problems. So they cranked up the energy department. But literally 50 years later, they're not saying we don't have enough gas now. How did that happen? 50 years ago, it was a crisis. We don't have enough gas. Now, 50 years later, with incredible consumption, now they say that's not the issue. They're not saying we don't have enough oil for the gas. In fact, oil is created from the mantle of the earth, and the earth creates oil by itself. It's not fossil fuel. That's a lie, too. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live with Chris Carlson on your radio. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, the shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2000mules.com. 2000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. 
The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Chris Carlson with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about energy. And really, uh, the bottom line is this energy crisis is an intentionally created crisis by our government with a goal of creating control over each of us, changing our lives forever. Climate change uh, is the touchstone of hysteria, ladies and gentlemen. The bottom line is they don't want to get to the solutions at all. We've got them, and we'll talk about them in a second. But this highlights the problem uh, big time, Chris. Yeah. So according to Joel Scows and the policies that they see uh, are the Biden administration's purposeful desire to raise prices and destroy incentives to increase supply. And we're talking about, of course, course, uh, fossil fuel based solutions. They want the petrol fueled auto industry to be replaced by electric cars. And he goes on to talk about how electricity is a debacle, too, because if you think about it, where do we get our electricity? A lot of people, they don't understand that electricity is not a source of energy. It's the result of, for the most part, coal-fired power plants or uh, natural gas-fired power plants. So even if you have an electric car, Sam, think about the irony of this. You're actually contributing to the burning of fossil fuels and the increasing of the carbon footprint on the planet. But you think that electricity is the source of your energy, where in fact is probably coal or or natural gas or some other fossil fuel. So that's a lie as well. Well, not to mention that and, just to uh, create the solar panels and the batteries and all the different high-tech capabilities, it costs a lot of energy, a lot of fossil fuels to be able to make all that stuff. You're just transferring where the output of fossil fuels is seen. Instead of it seen from your tailpipe, it's seen in a factory in China so you don't see it. But it's a lie. You can't rob Peter to pay Paul is the point, folks. And so there are uh, responsibilities up and down the line. And it's a lie when they just transfer that um, spewing uh, of what you want to call carbon or carbon dioxide or or any of these fossil fuel derivatives or whatever you want to say. They're just lying about when the exhalation, if you will, or the expelling uh, of these results are. That's all they're doing. In fact, this debate was in a hearing, Chris. Yeah, there, it was a hearing, and I think you've got the video. So this individual is uh, our illustrious representative, Brian Mast. Uh, I forget what state he's from. But he's uh, he's having a debate uh, with the chief climate officer, Jake Levine, over pipelines during a subcommittee hearing in Congress. And then notice, as we listen to this video, Sam, notice how the U.S. Chief Climate Officer Jake Levine cannot answer the simple question about whether the Biden administration's energy policy favors gas and oil pipelines. Go ahead and roll the video. 
This is what people hate about Washington, D.C. It's a simple question. You're asking for money from the U.S. taxpayer to do cross-state infrastructure overseas as related to energy. Are you for pipelines or not? I think that the, de the Development Finance Corporation is interested in advancing any project that can deliver energy security for our allies and partners It does say diversity on here, energy Europe. diversity, and it does say uh, renewable and non-renewable fuels. That's the EESDA. So are you for pipelines? In the act, the project eligibility so you won't say allows for us, pipelines. It's yes or no. Allows us to work on projects that can deliver electricity generating capacity using fossil or clean energy. So you're and, for fossil we, fuel use. We will advance. You're the for the DFC. The DFC will creating advance. a friendly regulatory please, environment. Uh, if I could interrupt, no, you allow. Yes, I can't. No, you can't. It's not your. Yes, time. I can't. No, sir. you can't. Sir, you guys, mess you'd like an argument. Allow him to answer the question, and I'll do respect. There's no respect taken. Evidently, there's so, no respect no. given. That's because you guys are chair, messing up energy. Chair recognizes for our the witness to you answer a question that was posed to him. Ridiculously expensive for Americans, and you don't want to be questioned you, about it. Are you pleased you're getting the soundbite, sir? I'm not going to participate in problem. it. Don't participate then. Let Close the your mouth and let me witness. ask my questions. Don't participate. Let me Close my mouth, sir. Yes, you heard correctly. That's why you sound so offended, because you heard what I said. So let's do that and let me finish answer, asking my questions. Allow Thank them you. to answer the question. If he wanted to answer the question, he could. Bottom line there, ladies and gentlemen, he will not answer the question. It was a yes or a no. He refused to answer it. Look, they don't want to offend their climate change uh, zealots out there. They are, are afraid, and they've got this agenda cooked up, and we, the American people, can't come to a solution-oriented discussion at all. Okay, and that's really the problem. They're literally quitting the job before they get another job. Therefore, we'll have no revenue. Therefore, we'll have no energy is what we're saying. They're destroying the energy in America. And there are solutions, folks. What about nuclear power, Chris? Oh, yeah. And uh, this is a new one for me, Sam. Obviously not for you. You're much uh, more on top of modern-day developments uh, in the energy field. So j this is uh, Joel Skousen. He says, noticeably absent in Biden's foreign concern or feigned concern over energy prices and supply is his failure to include the marvelous new and efficient micronuclear power plants being developed. They are much more safe than huge nuclear power plants and capable of creating microgrids for every major neighborhood. Biden obviously isn't listening to his own energy department, which puts out this report. And this is the Department of Energy. Sam, and I'm going to read word for word what our own Department of Energy, uh, the report they put out. He says, more than 20 U.S. companies, 20, are working on designs that are smaller, scalable, versatile, and even mobile, providing for far greater access to nuclear power than ever before. Domestic reactor developers are currently working on gas and heat pipe cooled designs, which is a huge uh, design uh, development because previously you had to use water cooled. If you can use gas and heat pipe cooled designs, that will allow you um, a lot more efficiency and a lot less overhead in maintaining these facilities. Uh, and then they he's, they go on to say they could debut by the mid 2020. So as early as 2025, we could see these uh, micro nuclear power plants uh, producing a, a cheap and massive amounts of electricity for American citizens. 
Now, let me uh, kind he, of lay this say, out for you to understand a little bit, too, ladies and gentlemen. you got to understand, these low-power nuclear plants aren't dangerous like the Chernobyl or the, you know, the history of yesteryear, high-power nuclear stuff. Island. They're not... They're not dangerous like that, folks. In fact, at the University of Utah, I don't know if you know this, they have a tiny nuclear reactor that you can go watch it run. So it's that, mm. it's that, I've heard of that. It's that safe. It's that appropriate. And it's only getting safer and more miniaturized and smaller to where you can literally deploy these in literally every neighborhood in America fairly easily. Talk about the output of these and how many houses they'll run and such. It is sustainable energy that's absolutely consistent absolutely inexpensive gets rid of this big debate about that i said the central control of energy the long distance acdc debate that i highlighted versus locally produced you could produce energy cheaply inexpensively safely and get off the government control because if these are generated in a given state not across state lines it has nothing to do with the federal government at all chris started out talking about the government shouldn't be involved in energy this is a way to solve every single problem we face chris so to give you an idea of how localized we could uh, we could make this this solution uh the department of energy goes on to report sam a single unit typically generates one to ten megawatt elect- megawatts of electricity to put this in perspective a single megawatt of electricity can power approximately a thousand homes so do the math that means that these systems could provide up to ten uh, provide up to ten thousand homes with clean power twenty four hours a day seven days a week for ten years without stopping and that's some very efficient energy output sam and and they can be also and like you said they can be localized so that we can have control of our own uh, neighborhood energy sources they can they can be in neighborhoods they can be in cities they can be in counties and co- controlled by those um, local government entities, which is something that we've always promoted, which is local control um, of the sources of our blessings uh, from government. Yeah, but so you can't these, destroy America me, with a plan like that, buddy. No, sir. No, sir. And they're, they're going to come out with expert after expert explaining why, no, th- these are dangerous, or no, these... These are this, that, or the other. You you can just imagine some of the creative ways they're going to try to shoot these ideas down. But um, the world's you know, full of dangers, that, ladies and gentlemen. People are dying when the power goes out in Texas, or when the grid goes down, and everything else. But if you put these locally and maintain them, they're inexpensive. They're, I'm telling you, it is the only real answer that I can see going forward that has viability, that has portability, that has consistency that has the ability to truly change the game and decrease the costs for the American people and handle the ever-increasing appetite for the need for electricity, whether it be cars or whatever else. Unless we go here, there is no real solution on the table that's viable, Chris. No, and this is provided, I think this is provided by our Heavenly Father, and these are solutions. And now now the test is in our, our court, Sam, to see whether or not we will elect representatives that represent our interests that will promote these cheap, safe, effective technologies that could allow us a greater degree of uh, Christian free will. Because you think about it, um, agency or the ability to act and make decisions is not only uh, predicated on whether we're granted that, it's also predicated on the means by which we can exercise it. And cheap energy allows us to do a lot of things 
um, in our pursuit to build God's kingdom. And as I mentioned before, that is their main target, is, is a strong, uh, independent Christian society. And Satan's uh, agenda to create socialistic slave-based societies is threatened by that. So they, the last thing that Satan wants is for us to have clean, um, safe, and uh, abundant energy to build God's kingdom, and, and that's a big threat. And we're going we're gonna to come up against a lot of opposition, but we have this technology. It's being developed by over 20 companies, and that's the Department of Energy making those statements, Sam. So I tend to believe that's true. I don't know why they are. Obviously, they're, most times they're not on our side, but in this case, um, you know, they're, they're letting the rabbit out of the bag or the cat out of the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, I find this fascinating. Fascinating that we're not even really discussing these options, even though the Energy Department says that's the solution. Even though in America, you literally have nuclear power plants that are so simple and so small and so safe that you can watch how they run and learn about them. The University of Utah in Utah even has one of these suckers. You go look at the news and you'll see that I know what I'm talking about. It's incredible. And so I'm not saying that there's not risk to solar. I'm sorry, to nuclear. There is risk. But, folks, there's risk when we um, move to this clean energy and uh, we don't have the energy we need. There's risk. People are on all kinds of medical needs. Oxygen is one of them, especially in the era of COVID. Uh, CPAPs for people when they sleep. Hospitals and the energy required to have clean uh, everything we do. Okay, this is serious, and there's a risk if we don't have the energy we need. There's a risk if we use the, you know, coal-fired power plant. Everything is a risk. But if we turn to God Almighty, ladies and gentlemen, he can protect us and heal our land. That is the ultimate, ultimate takeaway. Final words yours, Chris. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving patriots everywhere, continuing our duty, sir. God bless you and your work, Chris. Spot on information. Joel Skousen's worldaffairsbrief.com. Check that out as well. For Chris and Sam and all of you, God save the Republic of the United States of America. We declare this nation shall endure. To learn more, to get involved, to help us with funding and every other way, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Join us next Friday evening at Liberty Hall with Tom Jones. We'll talk about that next hour. God save us. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. This is the broadcast for June 18th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is indeed our two of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. So we're convinced the supreme law of the land and the checks and balances that made America great are the great peaceful restorative solutions, a legacy from our founding fathers 
that we must carry forward, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about clean energy last hour. Nuclear energy is the only way we can really get this done, ladies and gentlemen. Go listen to it if you want to uh, get more details on that. Now, speaking of energy, this guy's got unlimited energy. It is just shocking. God-given energy to our good friend Tom Jones. Why he's running 76 marathons in 76 days. UnitedWePledge.org. The run for freedom is on. Welcome, Tom. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. The question really is, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm in a good, strong running rhythm. Today's marathon number 61 in a row, so 26.2 miles a day for now 61 days. On our way to 76, we're kind of breaking into the home stretch. Let me think about this. 61 to 76, you got 80% done. Is that a good summary? I'd say that's pretty close. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, when this guy started... I just kind of thought, how can a how can a human do this? Uh, really, that's the question. How the heck can a human do this, Tom? Well, you know, I every day on uh, my Instagram, and uh, which is Quit Proof and the number one, and at United We Pledge, I give insights and inspiration to exactly how I do that. So. I mean, what it boils down to is just not being willing to cap out and quit no matter what, although I have a very vast toolbox of things that uh, are inspirational to me and to others, because since I've been doing this the entire time I'm running, people are just loving it. Uh, So I have a pretty deep toolbox, but, you know, it boils down to not being willing to give up and and quit because quitting is a habit just like not quitting is a habit. So which habit do you want to cultivate? Ladies and gentlemen, he's on marathon 61 of 76, ladies and gentlemen. And you can hear Tom tell his story coming up this Friday, Friday the 24th, a week from yesterday. Tom will tell his story at Liberty Hall on Friday evening, June 24th at 5 p.m. Dennis Levitt will be there as well. He'll be sharing the vision of igniting the fire in regards to patriotism for our youth. He'll be representing the American Village West. Incredible efforts. And then I will be there as well. Uh, I'll MC. We'll have music, food. It's all free. You don't have to register. You just come and enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. You can meet Tom, Dennis, and I will be there as well. Uh, And we're going to be highlighting this positive attitude, this idea that we just won't quit, this idea that liberty matters, this, uh, and our goal is to touch your soul, Tom. A hundred percent. You know, uh, when people ask me why I do this, which is the most commonly asked question, it's like, I do this to get your attention uh, because attention is the bridge between one human being and another. When I get people's attention because I do these things, I get to share something super exciting, which is this project that United We Pledge is working on, building this colonial village on the west side of North America so that people on that side of the country can enjoy it uh, as well. Ryan Murtha is with you as well. And Ryan is the great filmmaker. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Good to be back. Thank you, Sam. I'm going to pass it back and forth between you guys a little bit, if you don't mind. But I want to know, 
you're watching this thing, so you've got more than a front row seat. I don't even know how to describe uh, not only being with Tom every day, but watching it through a lens and then recording all of this, obviously for a film to be made and the whole story of Tom's life uh, and his and his epic feats to be all highlighted. But as you look through the lens and spend all this time with him, how does this guy do this? I know people say, why do you do it? Because he believes in liberty, because he wants to draw attention to this vital effort in America to stand for liberty. I get that. But how the heck does he do this? I mean, he, he literally does it one step at a time. I mean, he continues to push to overcome the adversity, whether it's uh, the heat, the wind, temperature changes, schedule changes. I mean, one of the big things that he was pushing through the other day, right now we're in Flagstaff, and there's two massive fires about six miles north of us, and the smoke kind of pushed down on us when he was running about three days ago and he just kept pushing because he knows that his why is big enough to just to bring this awareness to patriotism, to bring a common foundation to the, uh, the students and the children of America. So that way we can all grow together. So that's what continues to push him. He just continues to go and go and go, no matter what kind of challenges come up to him every single day. You know, uh, how this is done is interesting. Now, as a filmmaker, you're a storyteller. And mm-hmm. in the story is obviously the blood, the sweat, the tears, the, the but it's all mind over matter at the end of the day, okay? It, it, it's Tom's mind. Um, once he sets his mind to this, then he won't quit. How do you tell that story? How do you get people to understand that? Really, the game is in his mind. The doing this, the how he gets this done is because he's got absolute control of his mind. Yeah, so that's one of those things that's a, a challenge to capture, right? The, that that mental fortitude, but the way I'm capturing it right now, at least with the footage, and then obviously when I sit down in the editing bay, it'll evolve and really kind of come together, is capturing those tough moments and the good moments and kind of juxtaposing them in a film to where you're seeing, okay, here he is prepared. Here he is in um, hitting that adversity, the challenges, and then here's him overcoming it using that toolbox that he said. Uh, So I, anytime I can try to capture moments or if he's like, Hey, I've got something right now I need to say, I'll grab those. Or if I see a particular moment where he is, really in his own mind and focusing, I, I turn on the cameras, whether it's my cell phone, GoPro, or my, my nicer cameras. I, I try to use every single piece of technology that I have at my hand so that way I have it and then I can use that in the back end when I create that overarching story of Tom's journey in, in this, uh, this event. We all want to hear your story, Tom. We all want to get intimately involved with it and understand not only the, the why, but the how and all that kind of stuff. What is it like to be under a microscope during this whole thing? You know, the blood and the sweat and the tears and all the emotions that come with it and the mind over matter. And what is it like to be under the microscope for that whole thing? You know, Sam, I've been under the microscope for well over 30 plus years with my extensive fighting career and then now doing 11 of these ultra endurance events. Um, I, I really don't pay much attention to it. Um, I've got bigger fish to fry. Number one, number two, uh, it's just, you know, distractions the number one dream killer. So I just don't get distracted and stay focused on what I'm doing right here, right now. <clears throat> so 
it really, I don't pay much attention to it. That alone is very interesting, Ryan, because most of us would melt down, though. I'd just be like, you know what? Give me some peace. Let me be for a minute. Let me just be a human. Don't expose all my emotions and all my frustration and all my moments of, 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 I don't know what you want to call it, panic, of, of overwhelmed, of all these things. That alone is something that you can put on camera in a very meaningful way to mm-hmm. really show Tom's character. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when somebody is open to it and just capturing as much as you can, you obviously, I mean, I have so, I have like a terabyte and a half so far of data, of footage, and I'm like, I know I'm not going to be able to use every single bit, but when capturing those moments, capturing the highlights, capturing and using those daily messages that Tom records on his phone, being able to put all those together really will hopefully inspire others to go out and run their marathon, whether that's getting out of bed uh, and walking a few steps, starting to eat clean, whatever is to make themselves better. Hopefully what, what Tom is doing and what I'm able to capture will help ignite something in, in folks on that side. And then as well as with the United We Pledge side, like inspire people to remember, hey, this is what our country is about. We're not perfect. We're human. But let's continue to push forward and make ourselves better and better every single day as a country. Hashtag quit proof one, right? Yes. Yeah. And Sam, that's the first obstacle that I really had to overcome because, you know, being in the foster care system and going through the tumultuous childhood, I didn't want to tell my story, although the good of the many outweighs the good of the one. So I knew that by telling my story and doing what I've been doing for the past 25 years now, lending my athletic ability to worthwhile causes and trying to inspire other people was bigger than me. And I tell you what, if you want to do something really special, get outside of yourself and serve something or someone else and you will be enriched. Yeah, it reminds me of the Bob Dylan song, You Gotta Serve Somebody. Who you're going to serve is the real question. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag quitproof1 is the way you can keep track of what Tom's doing. That, along with going to the website, unitedwepledge.org slash V2V. That's the Village to Village run that he's conducting. He's on Marathon 61 today. God bless you guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Okay. Get, get involved, man. Donate to the great colony they're building out in Utah. Unitedwepledge.org, ladies and gentlemen. Join us next Friday night at Liberty Hall. Sam Bushman, Tom Jones, Dennis Levitt. It's going to be incredible, and it's free with food. We'll see you there. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. 
or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they use the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. An incredible event coming up next Friday, the 24th, 5 p.m. Tom Jones. What he'll do is he'll run in 26.2 miles that day, and then he'll come to Liberty Hall. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, he'll tell you his story. You'll hear about Tom. You'll hear what he's doing. You'll then hear uh, Dennis Levitt of United Repledge. We pledge sharing the vision of light and the fire of patriotism within our youth. This is important, folks. This is an all-generations, hands-on-deck uh, event. I will, be the, uh, I will have the uh, privilege to be the um, MC for this. Uh, so you're going to hear some patriotic music. You're going to have uh, food. You're going to hear Tom Jones and Dennis Levitt. Uh, and then I might make a comment or two highlighting the real effort being made here, folks. The goal is to... Bring us all together in a positive way and look at God, family, and country in a new way and say, look, it isn't about politics. It isn't about whether you believe in what I say or what I don't say or, you know what, Sam's opinion on this or that. Or It's all about the civility. It's all about bringing us together, having a good time, breaking a little bread together, spending a little bit of time together, and getting inspired, saying, look, set aside your politics for a minute. It's about patriotism. It's about building an American village of the West to create education for our youth. It's about investing in our youth. It's about Tom's incredible 76 marathons in 76 days. He's on 61 today. These marathons that he's running is to really draw attention to the sacrifice that our founding fathers made and the sacrifice being made by patriots today, carrying forward their legacy in a meaningful way. It's about bringing that to your attention and then inviting you to get involved. From volunteering to helping with funding uh, to all kinds of things. And so first we go uh, on Friday the 24th to Liberty Hall in Far West, Utah. A free event with food and, and camaraderie and just just the big Liberty Loving family is going to be at Liberty Hall, right? Tom will be there. Dennis will be there. I'll be there. It's going to be great. That's at 5 p.m. this Friday. And we'll have Tom on next week a little bit to highlight again as it gets closer to uh, Ogden, Utah, as he runs then down the state of Utah all the way, you know, St. George area, 
Herkin, Utah is the little town where they'll be building the American Village. Tom will run into uh, Herkin, Utah on July the 2nd. And that's when they'll lay the cornerstone, if you will. They'll do the groundbreaking ceremony for the American Village of the West. Uh, and then they're going to be carrying this forward for the next couple of years while they build it. And in 2026, it'll be the ribbon cutting uh, as we celebrate the 250th year anniversary of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. I'm here to give you a front seat view as this sucker unfolds. It's just going to be incredible. It's just exciting. Dennis Levitt doing a great job. The CEO uh, or the main guy to lead, United We Pledge, we'll get him on here next week, too, to highlight uh, the events coming up. There's just so many events. It's just, it's just going to be exciting and cool. And I'm going to be there for it all, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I want to do. All right, now I want to switch to another topic that's so closely related it almost seems like the same topic. You know, the whole purpose of United We Pledge is to bring people together in civility and say, look, let's set aside the politics and the divisions. Let's, let's just celebrate America. Let's celebrate her rich history. We can acknowledge the mistakes along the way so that we never repeat them. Right. That's good. Uh, but let's be grateful for and have absolute gratitude for uh, those who have really sacrificed for America. And then let's be willing to sacrifice ourselves. Right. Well, anyway, there's a new Gallup poll that's out and it's a shamer, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what the Gallup poll says. Are you ready? U.S. belief in God. Hits a new low. It's even dropped 6% over the last five years. That's scary, folks. U.S. belief in God hits a new low. They say church attendance has been declining faster than Americans' belief in God is the next takeaway from this poll. They say the last five years has apparently taken a big toll on Americans' belief in God, especially among the youth or the young. It's uh, highlighted especially with the liberals and the Democrats even more than the rest. Gallup says in its latest poll, a new low, only 81% of Americans say they believed in God. That's down from 87% in 2017, folks. It was a solid 98%, ladies and gentlemen, throughout the 1950s and 1960s. Did you know that? In the 1950s and 60s, 98% of the population believed in God. It's dropping faster and faster. In other words, the belief in God uh, is waning. The lack of belief in God, the lack of church attendance mirrors that or actually leads that, I guess you might say. Belief fell, they say, in every category of people that Gallup spoke to. Now, this is the interesting part about this. Normally, I attack these pollsters because I believe they're asking the wrong questions. Sadly, in this case, I don't know that they're manipulating the questions here. Because if it's all groups that the numbers are going down in, I see church attendance at an all-time low, personally. I see the belief in God not there. 
So what I'm telling you is what I see in society is mirroring these polls. They say that it's declining more than 10% among Democrats and liberals in adults 18 to 29. All right? 10%. However, it's only 1% when it comes to Republicans and married people. Belief in God for women. Now, let me highlight this because I really want to get to this. Belief in God among women fell from 90% to 83%. That's according to Gallup. Now, I want to highlight this because, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me carefully. It matters what men think. Men are valuable. It's Father's Day. We should be highlighting men, right? Dads matter for sure. But women matter I would even say more. Remember the phrase, who rocks the cradle rules the world? Primarily the education of God, family, and country is on the shoulders of our women. As the John Mayer song says, first they become lovers, then they become mothers. Uh, And I bring that up because I want you to understand there's a responsibility, a sacred God-given responsibility in America, for the most part, we've kind of shirked, haven't we? Well, when Americans' mothers' faith wanes, right? You got a big problem. Think about that. Now, if it was 98% in the 1950s and 60s, what do you think it was before that? It was even stronger. The 60s took a big hit with the drug culture and the the whatever you want to call it, free love, agenda, or whatever the heck that thing was, right? That's when it started to take a real hit. We took prayer out of school. What a shame that is. But now we see that belief in God among women fell from 90% to 83%. Now from 83% to 83, or 83% down to 80% for the men. So women are leading men. In other words, they it, it went from 90, to, but for men it wasn't, well, I guess what you want to say is men already had a lack in belief in God. I don't, I don't know what to say, how to say it. Men are ahead of women in this negative statistic, I guess is the best way to describe it, right? Gallup says that it, that it has asked Americans about their belief in God in several ways over the years. Now, this is kind of the interesting part. They've changed it slightly. They say sometimes phrasing it as a belief in God or universal spirit. Okay, so some people might not outright believe in God, but they do believe in a universal spirit. Uh, And I, I respect them for that because I don't want us to get caught up in labels or minutia in that way. You know, the way I would phrase it is, do you believe in a higher power than government? And if so, what do you call that power? Pollsters say the highest proportion of people express belief in God when it's phrased as a yes-no question. The proportion dips significantly when, I'll tell you after the pause, how's that? Hang tight, Liberty Roundtable, live.
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. President Biden announced the U.S. and European Union have launched the next step of their global methane pledge to reduce emissions of the planet warming gas by 30 percent by 2030. The energy pathway will focus on eliminating routine flares in fossil fuel operations and focus on ways to cut methane pollution in the oil and gas sector. Authorities have arrested a man with an edge weapon who attacked passengers inside a San Francisco International Airport terminal, leaving three with cuts and scrapes. The travelers were in the pre-security area when they were attacked. It is unclear what the motive for the attack was. This is USA Radio News. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, Well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-478-7733. 800-478-7733. The Belgian food safety authorities are allowing a Belgium-based Ferrero chocolate factory to reopen after it shut down in April following cases of salmonella food poisoning. The authorization to reopen will be granted for three months, during which raw materials and batches of foodstuff produced will be analyzed to see if they align with food regulations. Elon Musk apparently does not want freedom of speech at his company. Some SpaceX employees circulated an internal letter criticizing founder Elon Musk and told executives to make the company's culture more inclusive. SpaceX had fired employees associated with the letter. SpaceX President Gwen Shotwell said the letter made staff feel uncomfortable and bullied by forcing them to sign something that's not in their beliefs. Elon Musk denied the letter's accusation on a Twitter post. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. We're talking about faith. We're talking about hope. In my opinion, we're talking about trust. We're talking about a belief in God, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious. And we're talking about this uh, poll from Gallup where they basically say, hey, you know what? U.S. belief in God hits a new low, dropped by 6% in the last five years. Church attendance has been declining even faster than America's belief in God. Gallup says in its latest poll, a new low of 81% of Americans 
say they believed in God. That's down from 87% in 2017. And believe it or not, it's down from a solid 98% throughout the 50s and the 60s. Belief in God among women fell from 90% to 83%. For men, 83% to 80 So men are leading the turn away from God. Sadly, leaving, uh, in my opinion, their women. What a sad tale to tell. Fathers on Father's Day need to stand as promise keepers, need to stand as true disciples of Jesus Christ, need to be real men, leading with faith and hope and confidence in our Creator. Now, pollsters say this. I find this interesting as well. The highest proportion of people express belief in God when it's a yes-no question. Do you believe in God? Yes, people say. But the proportion of people who say they believe in God dips significantly when respondents were given the option of saying they were unsure. And even more when they were asked if they are sure or convinced, if you will, if God exists. In the most recent poll, ladies and gentlemen, around half of those who said they believe in God said they believe God hears prayers and can intervene. So see, the more detailed you get on this, the less religious or God-based views we have. Do you believe in God, yes or no? Most say yes. Uh, Are you positive he exists? The number goes down. Do you believe he hears and answers your prayers? The numbers go down. Other polls have found that a higher belief in God has been gradually falling over the years. Traditional religion, believe it or not, is declining even faster than the general belief in God, highlights the Hill newspaper. Last year, for example, Gallup said church membership had fallen below 50%. Think about that. Had fallen below 50% to a record low. I, I just I just find this shocking. Do you find this shocking? Think about it. Around half that believe in God. So if 81% now believe in God, half of those said they believe God hears prayers and can intervene. So half of them believe that God exists, but yet praying to him will do no good. They don't believe that it that he hears or answers. All right. That's scary. Again, last year Gallup said that church membership had fallen below 50% for the first time to a low of 47%. The numbers are dropping sharply among those who describe themselves as religious. Gallup says confidence in organized religion has also dropped significantly, suggesting that the practice of religious faith may be changing more than replacing basic faith in God. Do you understand what that means, folks? In other words, they're saying, look, um, you know, it appears that, that people don't believe in God, but maybe more believe in God. They're just not going to church. But ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, here's where the rubber meets the road. Everything we have in society leads people away from God. Your government schools don't allow you to pray. Your government schools don't allow you to bring the Bible in. Now, I know people say, well, we can and we do, and I understand. But look, since the 1960s, we've turned our back on God in school 
and prayer in school and the Ten Commandments in school. We've jettisoned the teaching about how vital God is and how vital family is in our society, right? We don't talk about God and family uh, or country really much in America. We do in very negative ways, but never positive ways. Now, this is societally speaking, right? Now, I know in your home you may do a great job, and in your church you may do a great job. But remember, even in your church when you're doing a great job, any less than 50% of the people who even believe in God are there. Not to mention the people that don't believe in God. So when you take, uh, literally, listen to me carefully, when you take less than 50% that are going to church who believe in God, uh, and then you take the godless or those who don't believe in God, and then you take those who are not in church even though they do believe in God, we've kind of seen a, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, but now you put those two together and the amount of people that believe in God and go to church and believe God will answer prayers, and then we start to build the fundamental basics of what um, you know, a disciple of Christ would be and would do, uh, we start to strip off the numbers very quickly. You know, you start to say, well, how many of you believe in God, believe God answers prayers, believe in the Ten Commandments, and believes God's commandments are to help you? How many people believe that you could have a relationship with God? See, and the problem with not going to church is that you lose this. Uh, remember, in the Bible, we're told we should meet together often, oft, if you will, to fast and to pray and to gain strength from one another. And the teaching method on this for a lot of Christians is it reminds me of a fire. Think of a campfire. When all the logs are together, they burn very bright, very strong. There's a lot of heat generated. When people are together, people are dependent beings on one another. When people are together, they gain strength from one another. They gain heat. They gain faith. They gain hope. They gain courage. They gain all these different things. They they hear about the lives of others when they communicate and they they spend time together and they fast and they pray and they strengthen one another. They minister to one another. And it's kind of like the logs in the fireplace. It generates a lot of heat, a lot of light, a lot of faith, a lot of hope. But when people are not near that fire, they're on their own. They don't go to church. Then they lose that luster. All right. It, I, I hate to borrow a phrase from the multi-level marketing world, but they're right about this. You know, if you keep writing for the brand, if you keep listening to the speeches and getting inspired and encouraged, and, and, and then you know what? You tend to stay with the, the project. If you don't receive that, though, pretty soon it's harder and harder and harder for you to see uh, the, the reality or stay with the project, right? And that's kind of the problem that we're facing. And so it, to me, this is a very, very sad poll. And if you say, Sam, the poll's not accurate, there's a lot more people that believe in God, I hope you're right. I hope and pray you're right. But you know what? U.S. believe in God hits a new low. Church attendance has been declining even faster than that. And it's one thing for men to go away from the gospel, but women are rapidly following. Uh, it's scary to me. It's scary not because people don't trust established religion, but because people aren't even turning to God. Because then you got to start to ask the question, how many of you are reading the Bible daily? And I think most people would say no. And then you would say, well, how often are you reading the Bible on occasion? A lot of people might say yes. We break it out when it's Christmas time and, and cover the Christ story, the birth of the Savior. That's wonderful, folks. I appreciate that. 
But the problem that I see is that's not enough, is it? It's not enough to just break out the Bible for Christmas, man. Right? That's kind of the problem. How do you encourage people? Now, the other thing that I find fascinating about this is people lack trust in established religions. Sadly, I understand why. Most of the religions today are using it to get money, 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 money. You know, it reminds me of the old country song from Hank Williams Jr., man. Right? You know, hey, they they, uh, tell you that you need to send your money to the Lord, but they give you their address. (laughs) Hank Williams Jr. highlights it pretty succinctly, doesn't he? Um, We hear scandals in the church. We hear church leaders falling from grace and being involved in all kinds of promiscuous behavior and such like this. Uh, No doubt the trust in the leadership is they're not willing to teach the true principles of Christ. They're teaching, you know, same gender attraction and uh, gender fluidity and and, and, and everything against God, family and country that we believe in. uh, These religion leaders are teaching. They're promoting vaccines, the trust in man. They're doing all these things. And it's no wonder that people are turning away from established religion. They're going, these people are charlatans. Sadly, in most cases, I have to agree that most people are right when they're concerned about the church. You know, the phrase, biblically speaking, their lips draw near to me, but their hearts are far from me. That seems to come to mind, right? Anyway, I don't know how to uh, I don't know how to really highlight this even more. But our prayers are with the people that they will be religious, that they will rep- repent, that they will turn to God. That's our prayer. Got a whole lot more final segment in seconds on your radio. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. callforcivility.com Calling all patriots, come meet a modern-day hero, Tom Jones, on day 68 of his 76 marathons in 76 days on behalf of the American Village West. We'll be at the Liberty Hall in Far West, Utah, on Friday evening, June 24th at 5 p.m. There will be free food and drinks. 
Who is Tom Jones? Loving Liberty's Sam Bushman interviewed him on day one in Alabama just moments before he began his first marathon. Get to know Tom at unitedwepledge.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Now, we know that Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci have been going at it for quite some time, a couple of years now, and their uh, interchanges are epic to listen to and watch, uh, especially on the Senate floor. Rand Paul takes Fauci on once again, and it is incredible. Here's the soundbite. I'll wrap up by talking about it. Dr. Fauci, the government recommends uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster? Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. The I believe that the recommendation that was made was based on the assumption that if you look at the morbidity and mortality, of children within each of the age groups, you know, zero so, to five, five to 11. Right. So, so, let's, so there, there are no studies, and Americans should all know this, there are no studies on children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster. The only studies that were permitted, the only studies that were presented were antibody studies. So they say, if we give you a booster, you make antibodies. Now, a lot of scientists would question whether or not that's proof of efficacy of a vaccine. If I give you 10, or if I give a patient 10 mRNA vaccines and they make protein each time or they make antibody each time, is that proof that we should give 10 boosters, Dr. Fauci? Uh, no, that, I think that is somewhat of an absurd exaggeration. Well, Senator that is Paul. the proof that you use. Your committees use that. That's the only proof you have to tell children to take a booster is that they make antibodies. So it's not right. an absurdity. Are, You're already no. at like five boosters for people. You've had, you know, two or three boosters. It's like, where is the proof? Now, I think there is yeah. probably some indication for older folks that have some risk factors. For younger folks, there's not. But here's the other yeah. thing. There are some risk factors for, for the vaccine. So the risk of myocarditis with a second dose for adolescent boys 12 to 24 is about 80 in a million. This is both from the CDC and from the Israeli study. It's also in the VAR study, remarkably similar, four boys, much higher from boys than girls and much higher than the background. The background's about two per million. So there is risk and there are risks. And you're telling everybody in America just blindly go out there because we made antibodies. So it is not an absurd corollary to say if you have 10. In fact, you probably make antibodies if you get 100 boosters. All right? That's not science. That's conjecture. And we should not be making public policy on it. So, Senator Paul, if I might respond to that, uh, we just heard in his opening statement uh, Ranking Member Burr talk about his staff who went to Israel. And if you look at the data from Israel, the boosts both the third shot boost and the fourth shot boost was associated with a clear cut clinical effect, mostly in elderly people, but also as they gathered more data, even in people in the 40s and the 50s. So there is clinical data. But, but not in children. Well, well see, again, here's the thing is, you're not willing to be honest with the American people. So for example, 75% of kids have had the disease. 
why is the CDC not including this in the data? You can ask the question. You can do laboratory tests to find out who's had it and who hasn't had the disease. What is the incidence of hospitalization and death for children who've been infected with COVID subsequently going to the hospital or dying? What, what, are, what is the possibility if your kid has had COVID, which is 75% of the country's had COVID, what is the chance that my child's going to the hospital or dying? If you look at the number of deaths in pediatrics, Senator, you can see that there are more deaths of people who have had it, of people who have had the disease. Senator, we also know from other studies that the optimal degree of protection when you get infection is to get vaccinated after infection. And in fact, showing reinfection in the era of Omicron and the sublineages that vaccination but you can't follows. answer the question I asked. The question I ask is how many kids are dying and how many kids are going to the hospital who have already had COVID? The answer may be zero, but you're not even giving us the data because you have so much wanted to protect everybody from all the data because we're not smart enough to look at the data. When you release data earlier, when the CDC released the data, they left out the category of 18 to 49 on whether or not there was a health benefit for, for adults 18 to 49. Why was it left out? When critics finally complained, it was finally included because there was no health benefit from taking a booster between the 18 to 49 and the CDC study. Another question for you. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016, 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. We know that, not because you told us, but because we forced you to tell us through the Freedom of Information Act. Over $193 million was given to these 18 employee, 1,800 employees. Can you tell me that you have not received a royalty from any entity that you ever oversaw the distribution of money in research grants? Um, well, first of all, let's talk about Royalty. That's the question. No, that's the question. Have you oh, ever no, overseen, Senator, have you ever received a royalty plan. payment from a company that you later oversaw money going to that company? You know, I don't know as a fact, but I doubt it. Well, well here's the thing is, why don't you let us know? Why don't you reveal uh, how much you've gotten and from what entities? The NIH okay, refuses. Senator, Look, we ask them. We ask them. The NIH, we ask them whether or not who got it and how much they refused right. to tell us they sent it redacted here's what i want to know it's not just about you everybody on the vaccine committee have any of them ever received money from the people who make vaccines right. can you tell me uh, that can you tell me if anybody on the vaccine approval committees ever received gonna, any money from people who make the vaccines soundbite number one are you going to let me answer a question okay so let me give you some information first of all According to the regulations, people who receive royalties are not required to divulge them, even on their financial statement, according to the Bayh-Dole Act. So let me give you some example. From 2015 to 2020, I, the only royalties I have was my lab and I made a monoclonal antibody for use in vitro reagent that had nothing to do with patients. And during that period of time, my royalties ranged from $21 a year to $700 a year. And the average per year 
was $191.46. It's, it's all redacted, and you can't get any information on the 1,800 Senator scientists. Paul, your, your time is So we want to know whether Senator or not Paul. people got money from the people who made the manufacturing Senator Paul, vaccine. your time is There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You think about that, and it's shocking. They don't have any evidence at all that vaccines are safe for children. They haven't done any studies. They just flat out, the FDA recommends it now, and now the CDC has to look at it or whatever. But you've got this problem. There's no evidence at all. And when asked what studies have been done, if we know it's safe for children, there's no answers. All there is is, well, we know that the um, clot shot creates antibodies. The problem is you don't know how much antibodies are created. You don't know if it'll be enough to stop the COVID. You know that it introduces the spike protein into the body, which we have now uh, discovered from the forest release of documents that that spike protein is very dangerous throughout the human body, regardless of whether it comes from the COVID itself or the vaccinations. But now you get to this fundamental question about dollars and cents. And here's what Rand Paul said. Over $193 million was given to these 18 employee, 1,800 employees. $193 million to 1,800 employees. I did the math. Hey, Cameron or Jay, whoever's there, Aaron, can you do the math? $193 million divided by 1,800 people got these payments, okay? And I want you to know how much that is. As far as I can tell, it's like $107,000, $101,000. Per what? Government employee? Per scientist? And now the scientists are running around saying, hey, this stuff is all safe and effective and good, and how dare you question us? But ladies and gentlemen, should these researchers be getting paid like this? Should they be able to lock down private sector patents based on the research the taxpayers fund? Should we not know the names of the people that have been compromised by this research? Then they stand up and tell us about how it's this and that, and we better believe them, and they're the scientists, and they know. But what about their conflict of interest? When you get a hundred grand on the average, many of these people got way more, and I'm sure some got way less. But again, we don't know the names, we don't know the numbers, we don't know the details, but we do know that Anthony Fauci is the highest paid government employee. Rand brings this up, and Fauci's mad, and Fauci acts like Rand doesn't have a clue. But Senator and Dr. Rand Paul absolutely shows he knows the in and outs of the study because he's bringing up things that Fauci doesn't know the answers to. Rand Paul confronts on royalties, right? But Fauci literally sweats and stammers under the pressure of the questions from Rand. But folks, here's the bottom line in my mind. I don't see that we're going to get to the bottom of this and fire Fauci. I don't see that we're going to get the names. They've created laws and regulations and guidelines and whatever to make sure that you and I don't know who's getting the cash. But the problem is when these people are telling you that the vaccines are safe and effective for children, we don't have any evidence of that at all, but they're going to roll it out anyway. Now I want to know who's compromised by filthy lucre into saying this. Are the names the same that are pushing these vaccinations tied to the patents, tied to the money paid out? Are those the people telling us that? Because if those are the people, then we should take what they say with a grain of salt. If we double their money, will they double down even harder? If we chop off their money, will they say the same thing? What happens when the money and the narrative is different from the scientific facts 
coming out from the pages of forced release documents from these studies. 55,000 pages a month being released. The government tried to make sure you waited 75 plus years to get the data, but a judge said, no, you got to release it. So now we're getting 55,000 pages a month and all the evidence of side effects of problems with the medication or the vaccines, the lack of, um, I'm not sure what word to use when not only does it not prevent the illness or protect you from the illness, uh, but it then creates damage in your body through these spike proteins affecting all your organs, affecting affecting the blood-brain barrier, crossing that, affecting babies in mother's milk, affecting uh, women's ability and men's ability to have children. All these things that we talked about, they said, no, 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 you're nuts, you're crazy. And now you got the narrative where these filthy lucre 1,800-plus scientists paid on the average of hundred grand apiece. These guys are telling you it's all good, but it flies in the face of the evidence that we've forced to be released. Now what? In my opinion, you're beyond probable cause, and we need investigations to find out who's lying for filthy lucre. Who knows about the studies and the 55,000 pages a month being released and the evidence there versus what they're claiming publicly and then how does that money fit in? You follow the money, you sure get interesting results, huh, Rand Paul? Good work, sir. Thank you so much for your leadership. Fauci, shame on you. You ought to be prosecuted for your criminal activity. And meanwhile, I'm Sam Bushman. I want to see you on Friday, though, at Liberty Hall, if you have any possible way to get there uh, at Far West Utah. Friday night, the 24th, 5 p.m. Be there. It's going to be incredible. Tom Jones, Dennis Levitt, and Sam Bushman. Uh, fun music and food. You got to dig it. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, BrideyOnRadio.com. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>